So before we get into it, I promise this will all make sense. It's not going to make sense here in the beginning, but just, just bear with me. And all of y'all that had me in Awanas, you'll remember this. But if I can get everybody in the youth to come up here up front with me. Come on, don't be shy. Come on. Come on. Everybody in the youth, come up here with me. Come on. Come on. Be brave. Be brave. And that's what I'm talking about. Brave. brave. All right. I want you to make as good of a circle as you can make. Just as good as you can make. Just as good as you can make. I know you've got it figured out. All right. Let's close the circle. Let's close the circle. Close the circle. All right. I want everybody to do like this. All right. Now I want you all to take a couple steps forward. All right, take another step forward. All right, now I want you to close your hands. Or close your eyes, close your eyes. Everybody got your eyes closed? All right, I want you all to grab a hand, just one hand in each hand, okay? Just one. You two, no, you two, <laughs> grab another hand. I don't want to touch Let's see here. All right, all right, hold on, hold on. Let your hands go, let your hands go. Let them free, let them free. All right. So I'm going to, let's see here, let's go here. Okay, do I still have Hold on, no, we're going to go here. We're going to go right here, grab that hand. Grab that hand. You still got to have your eyes closed. Grab this hand here. They're open. Come in here, come in here. Grab that hand there. All right, all right, all right. Here you go, here you go, here you go. Let's see here. We're going to make things work then for you, buddy. Let's see. Yeah. All right, you got it? Does everybody have two hands? No? No. All right, all right. Let me see this hand. Let me see that right there. All right, everybody got two hands? Still missing one? You only got one? You got none? Jonathan's got his hands. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, let's see here. Here you go. There's a hand. Any more hands out there that I'm not seeing? Does anybody have two hands? You do? You do? All right, let me see. Let me see. Uh, let's see. All right, we're going to swap. We're going to swap this one. All right, we're going to give you all a cheat. All right, open up your eyes. All right, all right. So hold hands. Do not let go. You've got to untwist yourself to form the circle again. You cannot break the circle, okay? You understand? So you got to work together. You can do it. Where's your, where's your other hand? You had... How did you get this one? Okay, okay. All right, y'all aren't... Come on. Come on, you can do it. How are you going to get through there? You don't? My circle got broken somewhere. Okay, well, now let's make a line. Let's see if you can just make a line now since we... Can you unravel yourself? Can you unravel yourself? Can you do it? That, that, no, that was so... Oh, I saw that. (laughs) Y'all almost got it. You almost got it. You almost got it. Oh, look at y'all. Look at y'all. I knew you could do it. Yay. Yay. Y'all did it. That was record time. Record time. You're still crossed. How did you do this to yourself? Perfect. (laughs) All right. You can have a seat. It doesn't make sense now, but it will make sense later. All right, so we're in First Thessalonians. Everybody got First Thessalonians? You got it opened? Since it's such a short book, I'll be able to read through it fairly quickly, so we're going to read through the whole thing, okay? All right, everybody got it? Try to follow along with me. I know my voice is, is dull and boring, but try to hang in there with me, okay? All right, I'm going to start. Paul, Savannah, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers, 
remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers, loved by God, that he has chosen you because our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction. You know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake, and you became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you received the word in much affliction with the joy of the Holy Spirit, so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and Acacia. For not only has the word of the Lord sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Acacia, but your faith in God has gone forth everywhere, so that we need not say anything. For they themselves report concerning us the kind of reception we had among you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. For you yourselves know, brothers, that our coming to you was not in vain, but, but though we had already suffered and been shamefully treated at Philippi, as you know, we had boldness in our God to declare to you the gospel of God in the midst of much conflict. For our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or any attempt to deceive, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God, who tests our hearts. For, for we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek the glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could, ha could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So be affectionately de desirous of you. We were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also ourselves, because you had become very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you, while we proclaimed to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses, and God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct toward you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exhorted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. And we also thank God constantly for this, that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as the word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in your believers. For you, brothers, became imitators of the churches of God in Christ Jesus that are in Judea. For you suffered the same things from your own countrymen as they did from the Jews, who killed both the Lord Jesus and the prophets and drove us out and displeased God and opposed all mankind by hindering us from speaking to the Gentiles that they may be saved, so as always to fill up the measure of their sins, but wrath has come upon them at last. But since we were torn away from you, brothers, for a short time, in person, not in heart, we endeavored the more eagerly and with great desire to see you face to face, because we wanted to come to you. I, Paul, again and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown of boasting before our Lord Jesus at his coming? Is it not you? For you... For you are our glory and joy. Therefore, when we could bear it no longer, we were willing to be left behind at Athens alone, and we sent Timothy, our brother and God's co-worker, in the gospel of Christ to establish and exhort you in, in your faith, that no one be moved by these afflictions. For you yourselves know that we are destined for this. For when we were with you, we kept telling you beforehand that we were to suffer affliction. Just as it has come to pass, and just as you know, for this reason, when I could bear it no longer, I sent to learn about your faith for the fear that somehow the tempter had tempted you and our labor would be in vain. But now that Timothy has come to us from you and has brought us the good news of your faith and love and reported that you always remember us kindly and long to see us as we long to see you, for this reason, brothers, in all our distress and affliction, we have been comforted about, your, about you through your faith. For now we live... If you are standing fast in the Lord, for what thanksgiving can we return to God for you, for all the joy that we feel for your sake before our God, as we pray most earnestly night and day that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make you increase and abound in love for one another and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your heart blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Finally, then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you received from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. For you know what instruction we gave you through the Lord Jesus, for this is the will of God, your sanctification, 
that you abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passions of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgresses and wrongs his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger in all these things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this disregards not man, but God. Who gives his Holy Spirit to you? Now concerning brotherly love, you have no need for any, anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God to love one another, for that indeed is what you are doing. To all the burdens throughout Macedonia, through all the bro- to all the brothers throughout Macedonia, but we urge you, brothers, to do this more and more and to aspire to live qu- quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly bef- before outsiders and, the de- and be dependent on no one. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so through Jesus God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel and the sound of the trumpet of God, and dead in, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. Now concerning the times and the seasons, brothers, you have no need to have anything written to you. For you yourselves are fully aware that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are saying there is peace and security, then sudden destruction will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you are not in darkness, brothers, for that day to to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light, children of the day. We are not of the night or of the darkness, so then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has, has not destined us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, so that whatever we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who, are, who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all, see that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your, your, your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Brothers, pray for us. Greet all the brothers with a holy kiss. I put you under oath before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let's pray. Father God, I just, I thank you for an opportunity to, to read your word, to learn more about you. I, I thank you so much that, that your word is in, is in our language, Father, and that, that we are permitted, that there is no law, there is no persecution for us reading your word that we can assemble. Father, I pray uh, for the hearts of the, uh, of the folks in this room, Lord, that, that you would speak to them, that it, it would not be my message, but it would be yours, Father. And I want to continue to, to lift up those that are, that are involved with this group, Father. I pray for strength and courage. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, y'all. When I'm going through this, it's going to seem a little scatterbrained. And that's because I'm scatterbrained. So you're just going to have to deal with it a little bit, all right? So just hang in there with me. I'm going to do the best I can. Y'all do the best you can to listen to me, okay? All right. So I'm going to go through chapters one and two first. I'm going to hit them 
sequential like that. Okay. All right. So first thing, you know, you notice Paul's always he's 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 given a greeting, but he's all, always giving thanks for whoever he's writing to most times. So this time in particular, it's Thess Thessalonians, and it's always grace and peace to you. So the first things that I'm noticing is let's see here. So we, in in chapter one, it's mentioning you in our prayers, remembering for our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's going to give you a little clue into what he's going to be teaching on or what he's going to be talking to the Thessalonians about that we need to pick up on. So, and the next thing, not far after that, is be imitators of us. So that's in, in, in chapter 1. So I'm going to hit some more on imitating in just a minute. So, As we go through, so you're looking at be imitators, and then so we're, we're, we're hitting on the gospel a little bit that he's already got in here, and then we also hit on affliction within the same chapter, and be imitators, all in the same spot. So as they're going through, you, know, you notice that Paul is saying, you know, before we came to you, we were afflicted, right, in, in our speaking. And in the same instance, or in, not far after that, we're talking about the Thessalonians that were, were afflicted. So if you want to talk about, so he mentions the, the Judean church. So we've got the believers that have become Christians, and we've got the Jews. So who remembers how the Jews felt about the believers that believed in Christ? Wasn't good, right? It's not no bueno for these folks. It's the same way for, for the Thessalonians, right? So even though they're not worshiping the Judeo-Christian God, some particular idol you grew up with, you know, say you grew up with the golden calf or Baal or what have you, and you're worshiping this. Your father, your mother, all these folks are worshiping. And then these guys, these troublemakers come from out of town. They're preaching a new, new God, and you accept it. Do you think that's going to go well? How do you think your family is going to feel about it? How do you think your friends are going to feel about it that are like, you know, go golden cow? How do they feel about this new God? Not good, right? So instantly, you're getting thrown a little bit into the fire. And it's almost the worst kind of fire because it's really close to you, you know, the, the ones that are closest to you and your family, and you, you're, getting, you're getting persecuted in your affliction from there. But they are strong in faith. So, da, 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 da. bear with me again. All right. Okay, so how, okay, so we look at the gospel, how, how did, how did they present the gospel to the Thessalonians? Anybody notice anything? So we, we know instantly that, that they're, they're presenting it in, in affliction, that they're having conflicts while they're doing it, but they, they go straight from, you know, for they themselves reported concerning us the kind of reception we had among you. You turned in to God from these idols, serving the living true God, to wait on his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Je Jesus, who delivers us from the wrath to come. Y'all stick with me. Okay, so I'm getting into my, my chapter 2 section here. So if we go back, or go over to chapter 2, uh, so we declared the gospel much conflict, and for our appeal does not spring from error or impurity or an attempt to deceive. So instantly there, there's no deception, there's no flattery, there's no trying to appeal to you, try to win you over particularly. I'm not going to uh, Lydia and presenting, presenting God in one way and presenting God in something that she likes. Say Lydia likes rainbows. I'm not saying, well, God is the God of rainbows. And if you, you, know, you worship God, you're going to have rainbows. Then I go to somebody else and say, well, God's the God of basketball. I'm not presenting it in different ways. I'm presenting it the same way. They presented it to everyone the same way, right? There was nothing special about it other than it was the good news, right? And it was inerrant and it was the truth. So you look at it, there's also no pretext for greed. They go to these people, you know, and it's, there, there's no change for today. You think about pastors today. If you think about, let's say you think about somebody that, that, that smiles a lot, really smiles, has some good-looking teeth, right? Right? 
like this. And he blinks at you like this a lot when he's talking to you, right? Well, a lot of folks like this, they're, they're, they're trying to make you happy, clappy, but they're also millionaires, billionaires, and they're getting your money, right? They'll, they'll say it's for God, but they've also got a jet in their backyard and a couple of, you know, Lamborghinis, what have you, right? There was no, mo greed was not the motivation for this. The apostles lived very simply, they lived very poor, right? A lot of times they're coming into town with their sandals and what they got on their back and the skills that they have. So there was no, there was no motivation for greed. And then there was no reason to seek glory, right? They're not going in to seek to be glorified by you. In fact, if you glorified them, they, they would instantly correct you and say, no, all glory to God, right? That's how it's supposed to be. So not only do we get this, what we're supposed to do, so we get the image of mother. So how many of you love your mama? Right? Everybody loves their mama. So it says, you know, be like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. Being so being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you and not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves because you had become very dear to us. So in this instance, we're seeing that not only are we sharing, sharing the gospel of God, we're caring for you, right? And that's part of caring for you as well. We want the best for you. It's, it's, um, it's that, that, that nurture, right? It's to get you to where you need to be. But there's also the imagery of, you know, your, your mama would do anything for you. Your mama would die for you. You get a little bit of the imagery as to what Christ would sacrifice. What did Christ sacrifice? Well, Christ gave himself, right? So in the same way, we're to give ourselves. This is all going to play into that be imitators. I'm getting back to it. I promise I'm circling back to it, y'all. So once you get, get through that, they also were not a burden. When they, when they pulled into town, man, they didn't get, come up to your house, the first person that would let them in, put their feet on the table and sit there and hang out and eat potato chips. That's not what they did. A lot of them were, would, you know, they, they didn't come in with money. They weren't coming to borrow money from you. They weren't coming to get food for you. They worked for what they, they uh, had and presented the gospel to you. So it was not, there, there was no burden. And then the next, not very far after that, how many of you love your dad? Daddy? You like daddy? Yeah. So we're supposed, that's part of it as well, right? So what does dad do? So, so with a father like his children, we're going to exhort each one of you, encourage you, and charge you to walk in a manner worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. So mama cares for you. Mama grows you up, right? And dad's there to lift you up, make sure you're on your way, and to charge you and keep that charge that you are walking in the ways of the Lord. Okay? All right. Okay. So now I'm going to, this is where I'm going to tie into a little bit more of being an imitator. Uh, I'm going to go to, you don't have to turn with me. Uh, I'm going to Ephesians 5.1. Uh, I'm going to read through 21. All right, therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual morality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you as is proper among the saints. Let there be no filthiness, no foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure or is who, who is covetous, that is an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore, do not become partners with them, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful even to speak of the things. That they, do not, that they do in secret. But when anything 
is exposed by the light, it becomes visible, for anything that becomes visible is light. Therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Look carefully, then, how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time, because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord of your, with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of your Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence. Oh, man. I did a bad thing. What does it mean? Okay. So how do you imitate somebody? Anybody know? Doing what they do. To do what they do. Yeah, right. So how do we imitate Paul or a pastor to be like Christ? What are some attributes that you can see? What, what would we do in imitating Christ? Okay, be bold in speaking the word. There are several things what not to do. We seem to, we get a lot of those because we forget and we're hard-headed and we got to get reminded several times of what not to do. So be bold. Okay. So always be in your word, always praying, right? What else you got? Anybody got anything? No? Nobody's got anything? How do we imitate? So I, I, the only thing I heard was sort of good stuff, right? So we learn to imitate. So how do you learn to walk, right? You learn by watching dad or mom. You learn how to walk and you imitate what they're doing. You get your balance right. You see all these other people walking around and you're thinking, I want to do that. Okay, well that's all good stuff, right? But are we supposed to walk in affliction? Do we imitate afflictions? Are we supposed to imitate in affliction as well? Guys, we're called to imitate Christ. And that's taken on in afflictions as well. So being an imitator is doing like somebody else, right? Following somebody else. But it's not always easy. This, this road is, is, is tough, but God is, 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 is glorious, is mighty, and he overcomes that for us. All right, I'm going to move on to three, I believe. All right, so right at the end of two. Beginning of three is the first or second time where we're seeing uh, the mention of the hindrance, the mention of Satan hindering. Uh, that's actually at the end of verse or at the end of chapter two, right? So we're starting to see see that we've seen the presentation of the gospel, we've seen plenty of mention of affliction. Okay. So what is the point? So what is what is one of the main points, especially in three? Why is Paul writing to the Thessalonians? Anybody pick it up? I know I mentioned faith, hope, and love, so don't say. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, it's about faith, hope, and love. But Paul was kind of worried about the folks because he hadn't been able to visit them, right? So why is Paul worried about these new believers? Okay. Y'all are quiet. Are y'all always this quiet? Is it me? Is it the beard? It's not going to hurt you, I promise. You can talk. You in particular can talk. All right. So, where was I? All right. So, he, he's worried because the Thessalonians, you know, they, they were with the Thessalonians. 
They accepted the gospel. They were, they were on fire for God. But you haven't seen them in a long time. And it's not like now we can't, we can't call, we can't FaceTime or text or anything. How's it going, dude? So there's, there's a little bit of that worry there. So they send Timothy. So I'm going to go, so now I'm going to turn to Matthew 13. And this is going to reemphasize why Paul was worried. I'm going, this is the parable of the sir. You've all heard it a hundred times. So that same day, Jesus went out to the house and sat beside the sea. And great crowds gathered around him so that he got into the boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And then the explanation, hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case, a hundredfold, and another sixty. 30 and 60. Okay. So, what I'm more concerned with is the seed that, that fell along the path and the bird snatched it away. It seems to be more of a concern for Paul uh, in his letter to the, to the Thessalonians that our enemy, the devil, is going uh, to come, is going to steal that, that joy, right? So that is why he is writing out to him. So, <clears throat> all right. Okay, so, but now that Timothy has come back, he's reported on uh, the Thessalonians, good report, showing that their faith is, is, has held strong, they have not been, been shaken. Right? So now, uh, the, so since Paul sees this, his instruction to the Thessalonians is this. Now may God our Father and himself and our Lord Jesus direct our way to you, and may the Lord make, make you increase and abound in love for one another, and for all as we do for you, so that he may establish your hearts blameless and holiness before our God and Father as the coming of our Lord Jesus with the saints. So how does... So how are our hearts established, blameless, and holy, holy, holy before our God? So the way, the way that's inferred here is that he's encouraging the Thessalonians to love one another, encouraging them to grow and abound in that love for one another. So you, you're supposed to love your fellow believer, right? So that is, is the main, uh, main point in three. So now I'm going to swap over to four. So how should we walk? Right? So how do we walk to please God? How are the Thessalonians doing it? For you know what instructions we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God. So I'm going to go through, so, your sanctification. What does, does anybody know what sanctification means? You seem to know. Do you know? Yes, ma'am. Process of becoming holy, right? Process of being set apart. 
So here's the things that we don't do that aren't, aren't God's will for us, right? So each one of you are saying for sexual immorality, each one of you know con- how to control your own body in holiness and honor, not in the passions of love, lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. That no one transgresses against his brother or wrongs his brother in this matter because the Lord is an avenger in all things. As we told you beforehand and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us for impurity but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this does not disregard man but God who gives his Holy Spirit to you. So, now the next... We step on to the next thing. It's concerning brotherly love. So his statement is, you have no need for anyone to write to you, for you yourselves have been taught by God. So how, how are we taught by God to love? Anybody? Love like you love the church. Right? Well, yeah. But how, how do we know to do that? Like, why, why do we love each other? Is it because we're good people and we decide one day once we follow God that we're going to love somebody? Uh, you know, before I became a Christian, maybe Johnny really got on my nerves, but then I started going to his church and I became a Christian. And because I'm a good person, I decided to love Johnny. Right? That's how it works, right? No? no. All right. Well, if you look at Romans 5.5, 5, we look at, and hope does not put to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So it's a reoccurring theme that there's in nothing, at least in myself, that is inherently good, that everything that's good in me is Christ, including the love that is poured into me through the Holy Spirit. I do not have it in me to love all of y'all. I know that's hard to, to believe that I could not love all of you, but because of the Holy Spirit, it, it, that's there. No matter how much Bella may get on my nerves, I love her to death so much. Love you to death so much. And she, well, because you called my baby pale, okay? <laughs> no, I didn't. But I still love you, okay? Holy Spirit taught me that one. Okay, so that is how we know to love. That's how we're filled with love, Right? So if you read on further into 4, it's actually the next page for me anyway. All right, so aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. To live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands as we instructed you. So, am I supposed to go out and I see, you know, something bad's going on in Brad's yard? Like, it's awful. It's terrible. Am I supposed to involve myself in, in what he's got going on? Or maybe there's a dispute between him and his neighbor. Am I supposed to get in between that and get in these social affairs and get, make other people's problems my problems just because, because I can? We're not. So we're, we're called to live, you know, I, I hesitate to say live quietly, but it says it here. It says to live quietly. There, there are certain things we're supposed to be quiet in. There are certain things that don't, don't, don't concern us, that aren't big pictures, that don't really matter because they don't forward the gospel of Christ, right? So we're to mind our own business. The gospel of Christ is our business. We are to share that, and on that I would say we're not to live quietly. We are to be bold, but also to work with your hands. Listen, I'm in HR, which means I hire people, and I I hire lots of people, and they're so lazy. We're not called to be lazy in anything. We're not called to be idle in anything, sharing the gospel. That goes with with, uh, working your way. I was saying we're not to be a burden on others, you know. If, if we go to, to preach, if we go to a town, we're not to be idle, we're not to be lazy. We're called to work, right? So, on we go, y'all. <clears throat> All right, again, 
So we see next is a, a, a presentation of the gospel again. So, well, I say that. The, the very next se- section is titled The Coming of the Lord. So this is an interesting thing. It's really not interesting to us in the same way because the reason this came up, it's, you know, so The Coming of the Lord. When the Thessalonians first believed, they're looking forward, you know, they're on fire looking forward to Christ's coming, Right? And then it hits them. It dawns on them. What if I die before he comes? Like, I'm going to miss out, right? So, you don't really, we don't really read it that way. Because especially in our culture, in a southern culture, that, that supposedly, we're, you know, the Bible Belt's here, and we all believe in God, and amen, and all that. So we don't look at it the same way, right? But what they're seeing is, you know, if your brother falls asleep, they're not going to see Christ when he comes. But what, what truly happens is those that fall asleep, when Christ comes, you know, trumpet sounds, those are the ones, the dead rise, the dead in Christ rise, right? So it's, it's, it's two different things. So it's the dead in Christ rise, so nobody misses out, right? Nobody's missing out on Christ. Christ is going to bring us all to him, dead or alive, we're coming, right? Doesn't matter, nothing's going to stop us. He beat death, he's pulling us with him, Okay? The other thing is, at the end, is therefore encourage one another with these words. It's meant to be an encouragement, right? We do not view death the same as anybody else in the world. Nobody. So when, when we say or show that a brother, brother falls asleep or a brother has passed, it is sad. But there's also joy in it. It's the same way with our afflictions. There, there's a joy in everything. Because if it was just that, you know, Stephen, Stephen lived, he walked on the earth, and then he died. That is a sad story. We can all be sad about that. My, my, my wife, my kids, my son, my son could be sad about that. But that's not the story. The story is, well, Stephen walked, Stephen was a sinner. But before that, Christ came lived a sinless life, died on a cross, took my wrath, was risen, and is one day going to raise me with him. So when, when you're all old, because you all will be, which means I'm either super old or dead, when I do die, you don't have to be sad. Don't be sad. Be happy for, for Mr. Stephen, right? We do not view death the same for believers, Okay? So then we get into chapter 5. So the first section here is, is talking about the times of the season. It's talking about the end, right? So we have this term, the day of the Lord. Has anybody ever heard of the day of the Lord? Ring a bell for anybody? Does it sound like anything? Does it sound good? Sound bad? Anybody in the middle? No? Y'all are so quiet. But at least you're paying attention. Not one of you is talking to one another, so at least there's that. There's always a silver lining. So the day of the Lord, it is historically uh, oh, put in with, you look at God's vengeance, God's wrath, God coming. So they're looking at the day of the Lord coming, okay? So when the day of the Lord comes, people who don't believe uh, are going to get put on notice. They better watch out. Like, that's a, bad, that's a bad time, right? So what they're saying is, you know, the day of the Lord comes in a thief, like a thief in the night, and while people are saying there is peace and security, have you ever heard somebody step up in front of a microphone, everything's all right, everything's okay, don't worry, Right? If somebody tells you don't worry, you might start worrying. And rest assured, there is nothing about this world that is peaceful and secure. Okay? Especially for believers. So, the people that are saying, you know, there's peace and security, and then all of a sudden destruction, right? The day of the Lord is here. And it says, will come upon them as labor pains come upon a pregnant woman. 
So this, I can relate to this better, being a father. Y'all can, y'all cannot relate to this so much yet. Some of you may, you know, with your mom going into labor. But I can remember when my baby girl was uh, born, we were, uh, I, I was putting my head on the pillow. I was ready to go to sleep. It's 10 o'clock at night, and I'm ready to go to sleep. And, you know, it happens, right? You don't know when it's coming, but it just happens. The, and, and rest assured, the day of the Lord is coming. The day of wrath is coming. But there is good news for, for those that are believers, okay? So, because you are not in darkness, the, the day of surprise, or the day that surprised you like a thief, you know, you're, you're, uh, for you are children of light, children of the day. So, can anybody, this is an easy one. Y'all can answer this one. What's the difference between night and day, or light and darkness. Can anybody tell me that? What are some differences? There's just one really glaring difference. No? What? Okay, I can, I can go with that. The sun makes it, makes it light. And, okay, we can go with that. So they, they, they're contrasting things. They're the complete opposite. You have something that is dark, that you know is, is as black as my book here, and you've got something that's bright light like the sun, right? So what does it mean to be children of the day, children of, of light? And what is children of the darkness? Ooh. One of the verses or sections I read, y'all had some of that in there. Come on, y'all weren't paying attention? Okay. So once you, so when we're born, right, we're all in the world. So, would you say the world is filled with light or filled with darkness? darkness? Yeah. So all of us that are not in Christ, we're children of the darkness. We're, we're children of the world. We're slaves to the world, right? Slaves to sin. So what, with that in mind, what would be children of the light? Believers. Once you, so once, once Christ comes into your life, you are ripped from that darkness. Now, I can't, I can't go outside right now and, and rip some sunlight. But that's the image I want you to see. I want you to see as if we were out there right now and, and Christ comes in your life and boom, you're now children of light. So what do children of light do? So we've been talking about being imitators of God, right? We learned a lot of things that we're not supposed to do. And I'll, I'll read through some more here that are, are going to go about it. But it's, you know, you, you, you walk in Christ, right? So you're, you're constantly in the light. And it's, it's sort of like, you know... That, that, that image of, of repentance, once you've been pulled from that darkness, you don't turn back. And once Christ has a hold of you, you, you really can't turn back, right? But who would want to? <sighs> so the children of light and day, we're not of the darkness. So then let us not sleep as others do, but let us keep awake and be sober. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stick with me, y'all. Stick with me. Okay. All right. So don't... All right, right. So we don't sleep. For in the day, you don't sleep, right? I know some of you can sleep through the day, but I cannot. The older you get, it seems like you cannot. So get ready for that. That one's going to stink. Uh, but since you're in the day, we're not to be sober-minded. We're to be alert, Right? Because Christ has snatched you awake. You can't, you can't go back to sleep, okay? There's no alarm. So if we're, if we're alert, you know, we're, we're ready. We're ready for the day of the Lord to come. We're ready for the, the thief in the night. If you're ready, well, there, there's, a, there's a famous saying, I don't know who says it, but it said, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. 
right? How do you stay ready? It's almost the same answers this whole time, y'all. You stay ready by you stay in the word, the word of the Lord, right? You pray constantly, right? Okay. All right, so I'm going into the final final section here, but before we end this part, so that that there's always there's always represented bad news, and then you know, bam, like that, there's good news. So at the end of this, the good news is, but since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. That's the second time I've leaned on faith, love, and hope, if you didn't notice. Um, so when you're putting on breastplate of faith and hope, what, so you're thinking about armor. This is all soldier style. What does the breastplate of faith, what does this, this protect? What does this body of armor protect that's, that's up here? Vital organs, they're necessary, right? They're essential. If you, if you take one to the lung, you're done, right? So you have to have this for faith, right? So faith is, it's unfaltering, it's un, unwavering uh, that, that, that keeps us from temptation, right? So to be children of light, we have that faith. If you've got that faith, it does not falter. The line does not falter. You hold it, right? So the other essential is love, okay? So love for God leads to obedience, which is what pleases God. This is also essential. If you're growing in love for God, you're growing in your obedience. And God is pleased with you. And the second thing is for a helmet of hope, the hope of salvation. So what is our hope? I just said it. I keep asking y'all. I, I'm, I'm, I'm tossing you softballs. Just putting them in there and you won't knock them out of the park for me. I thought this was going to be so good. I played it in my head and y'all just leaving me hanging. Alright. So our hope is in our salvation. And we are to encourage one another of this. It's a good thing that we're not going to experience the wrath of God, right? It's a good thing that we've got salvation. So our hope, right, is in Christ who died for us so that whether we are awake, alive, or asleep, dead, we might live with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. That's the second time he has ended a chapter by encourage one another. So the final thing is we ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Who's it talking about? Who are we supposed to respect that are over us in the Lord? Are we supposed to respect and love our pastors that are our, our shepherd of our church, our little church here, right? So what does that look like? Does it look like we come to church on Sunday and we walk out the door and maybe we give Pastor Tim a handshake or maybe you're too cool when you give him a high five? Is that what we do? What does your pastor do for you? Is there anything that you can thank your pastor does for you? So we've all, I've already mentioned that he is our, our, our shepherd of, of this church, right? So he's shepherding. He's making sure that, that you're over here, you're, you're a believer, but you're not walking over here, you're not getting far over here, you're not straying from the flock, Right? He's feeding us weekly, right? Shepherd makes sure that his sheep eat, right? So he's, he's feeding us God's word, right? 
and he's doing this out of love. But he doesn't only do that. It's not just spiritually he cares about you. You know, he, I, I can think of multiple times that he came to the hospital with my family. Multiple times that he's come when somebody has passed. He's always there. He's loving. He loves his flock. So is all we're supposed to give him a handshake? He's cool with it if that's it because he loves you anyway. And he loves you. Why? Why, Bella, does he love you? Why are we filled with love? Because the Holy Spirit filled you with love, right? Remember that? No. We, we are to, to, you know, be with them. We're supposed to love them. If we have opportunities, we encourage them. When, when they're having, you know, life crisis, we're there for them in all things. Which leads to the final thing. To be, well, we, we, we step right in to, to another point that, that is, is harder. Be at peace among yourselves. He's talking to the Thessalonians, but he's talking to the church of Thessalonians. We're not supposed to be at war within, right? We've got the same enemy. We're on the same side. There's not supposed to be disarray in the church, and we're not the cause it. We're one. We're, we're with each other. I know we're going to get on each other's nerves. I know we are, but we still love each other. At the end of the day, we love each other. We do anything for each other, right? So after that, he goes, and we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. So I want you to understand that when he's describing this, he's not talking about the world, the darkness. He's talking about our brothers. When somebody is idle, when somebody has left the church or wandered astray, are we supposed to just, nah, hadn't seen him in a few weeks. Who cares? No. No, we're, we're called to seek our brothers. We're called to help them get back on the path. So when, when he's talking to encourage the faint-hearted and help the weak, those that are, that are worried that uh, you know, the worries of this world are, are real, I have them every day. I try not to let them get to me. But there, there are worries that can, that can get in the way of my walk with Christ. We are to encourage, we are to lift up. And the weak, those weak in soul or moral issues, we are to help them through this as well. And it says in the end, which may be the hardest part, um, which when you become a parent, this, this comes easier. I feel like it does. I feel like I've learned. Patience. Be patient with them all so, if Carly, see, now I get to pick on you, and now everybody's looking at you, how's that feel? So, if Carly is right here, we're on the path, and then Carly gets tangled up way over here, and I go and get her, I bring her back. Carly, stay on the path, be imitators of God, walk this way, but Carly goes over, she gets tangled again. Carly, come over. Get in the path. This is the way we walk. Keep moving. Keep moving. She does it again. Dummy, what are you doing? Am I going to win somebody? Am I going to win my brother? Do you call your... I'm not, I'm not going to ask that question. I know you call your brothers and sisters dumb. But that's not what we're called to do. And I know that's, that's, a, that's a dad insult, if you aren't aware. Like, there's worse ones. But... I'm not going to win anybody. I'm going to push you further away. And I'm going to push you because of, of, of my selfishness and my pride that I think you ought to know this because I can do it. And you ought to do it too. That's not how it works. That's not how we're to approach our brothers or to be patient or to be loving. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seeks to do the good to one, to one another and everyone. So these are things that we're supposed to do. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Not just when it's good. 
Not when the sun's out. Not when boss gives us a raise or, or maybe, maybe uh, I don't know, maybe you got a milkshake. That's things I look forward to is milkshakes nowadays. No, we're supposed to rejoice and be thankful in all things. We're supposed to be rejoicing and thankful in the days that, that loved ones die or that, you know, somebody kicked our puppy. That one's for Tim Forehand. Um, all things, right? Give thanks in all circumstances. And do you know why we do all those things? Because it's the will of God in Christ for you. And then there's an interesting thing. I, I, I want to hit on this just because I wasn't sure, and it was just kind of weird to me why he threw it in here. But he says, do not quench the Spirit. How do we quench the Spirit? So, especially for believers, because you're the only ones who got the Spirit, right? So, when, when Satan comes around and we believe his lies, and we sin, that's how you quench the Spirit. Be like children of light. Stay away from sin. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Again, somebody smiling at you real big and blinks at you a lot while they're smiling. If they can do both at the same time, anything you hear, that's why, that's why you're here. And that's why you don't understand how blessed you truly are that you've got so many men and women that love you enough and that are solid in the word that can give you a solid footing. Because I, once you get out of here, once you get out of, I know a lot of your homeschooled, if you decide to go to college or if you go to the workplace, there's a lot of lies out there and some of them are really easy to believe. And some of them you really want to believe. But we're to test everything. And we test it against God's word. <sighs> Abstain, hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He might be the only one. <laughs> nope. He is the only one that will be faithful always. And he will surely do it. So what I want you to take away from this is he's writing, number one, you know, he, he's checking on his church. He doesn't want anybody to stray. How do we stray? By being imitators of Christ. We're children of light. We stay in the light. And we do this through faith, hope, and love. And the, the biggest, especially for the last two chapters, my encouragement to you is to love one another. Is to love your church and to encourage one another. And the last question I'll ask you is this is a letter to believers. Why is he sharing the gospel to believers? Thought the gospel is the gospel only for like we're supposed to share with people who don't know Christ? Why is he sharing it to believers? That is our encouragement. Yes, it, it opens the door for, for unbelievers to hear the good news, to learn about Christ, learn what was done, learn that we are in sin and that we need Christ and he's our only hope for salvation. But it's also for believers... The days are long, the days are hard, and it is easy to forget what was done for us, and it is easy to forget that it is done, and that as believers we have salvation.
no matter what horribleness is going on, no matter what afflictions we are experiencing, that is our encouragement. That we, and that is the reason why we continue to hear the gospel and why you will continue to hear it preached to you and taught to you in that pulpit. He's been doing it since I've been here. Okay? Are there any questions about my scattered brainness? Any comments about my scattered brainness? Any medications for my scattered brainness? No? I don't know how y'all close. Do y'all do announcements or anything like that? Or does... Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to let uh, Mr. Joe come up here and close in a song and then pray for us.